You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. It's great to be back. We were on holidays uh, for a few weeks. We were supposed to go to France. It's a funny thing. When the travel ban really came into place, we said, oh, that's a pity. We like going to France. And you know, when we went on our holidays, God gave us an amazing three weeks of weather. That was fantastic. And we had probably, I had anyway, and I think my family as well, probably the best holiday we've ever had. Isn't it strange how God just turns things totally around, doesn't he? We think it mightn't work, but God knows what he's doing. Um, I just want to say, before I move on, I want to say a special hello online. A couple who've been in, we've been live now in church for three whole months. And praise God, all we've seen is blessing. Would anyone say amen? So many people coming to faith, so many people returning, so many encouragements and touches from the Holy Spirit. But one couple who've been with us for the last three months are John and Betty Walsh. Betty had an operation which was long in the planning. And so for a few weeks they can't be with us. But I know you're watching on either Instagram or Facebook. So I want to say to you, John and Betty, God bless you. Betty, God speed your recovery. And all the people in the hall here said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, John and Betty. Good to have you join in with us. Someone asked me as well about the Courtyard Cafe. Um, what are we, what are our plans are when the colder weather comes? We are ordering in outdoor heaters. So as long as we are at all able to meet, we're going to be meeting here. If we can't, we can't, but we're going to have outdoor heaters in the Courtyard Cafe to keep your toes nice and toasting. Anyway, that's the plan. When I was on holidays, I did a lot of walking. I love walking. And one day I was walking in a forest up in County Longford, between Longford and Roscommon. And I was walking along Loch Bree, which is one of the big lakes up there in the centre of Ireland. I'd never been there before. And as I was walking, I know the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You see, in August, I had spoken or preached here on uh, a woman in the book of Genesis called Hagar. And uh, it was based on a vision, a mental picture, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me, of somebody who put all their energy into something, like planting seed. But when it came to harvest, the harvest was blighted. And God's word was, burn the blighted harvest. Start anew. God is going to give you a new harvest. And, And that word prompted me to look at Hagar, and I looked at the blighted harvest in that girl's life. She was forced into a love triangle that she never really wanted and it caused her a lot of grief. And really it was like a blighted harvest. And I thought I finished in August, I thought that was it. But as I was walking in the forests of County Roscommon and Longford, I know the Holy Spirit said, go back to this, there is more. I want you to speak again. So I don't want to hype this up into anything super spooky or anything, but I just sense God wants me to speak again. So I'm going to talk today about the wellspring. Remember, the Bible is a Middle Eastern book. And the Bible is not just another book, it is the Word of God. Would anyone say Amen? Amen. God's Word guides us. 
God's word challenges and corrects us. God's word comforts us. And God's word restores us. So when we look at the Bible today, we're not looking at a novel or some fellow's philosophy. We're looking at the maker's plan for your life and my life. Amen? Amen. So let's just put our brains and our hearts on a bit of a higher level as we look at God's word here today. So you may or may not remember, you may have been away on holidays or whatever, maybe you didn't get to tune in on Instagram or Facebook, but just to take two minutes to recap what I spoke about in August, we were looking at this girl, Hagar, and how she was forced into a love triangle. It's kind of like today, a surrogate mother, um, love triangle, alienated teenagers from their dad, all this stuff. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. Humanity has always been screwed up until God comes into the picture. And you might think, I don't need God. Yes, you do. You might want God, that's your call, but you and I need him. Hagar was a slave girl, and her mistress, her owner, Sarah, couldn't have a child, so she wanted a child through her. That was the practice. She gave Hagar to her husband, uh, she was never asked her opinion. And so she got pregnant by Abraham. But because Sarah uh, struggled with her and there was tension between the two women, she ran away and went into the desert. We saw that she was treated by Abraham and Sarah. And remember, these were good people. They're men and women of faith. But in this situation, they failed. They were wrong. And they never referred to her by her name. They never gave her her dignity, her identity. She was your servant, my servant, the servant. It's like she was reduced to a commodity. And maybe you felt that way in work or in school or with some people in your extended family or your friends, you're the guy with the glasses, you're the girl on the checkout, you're the fellow who sweeps the floor. I don't know, but a lot of people are reduced. They don't have the dignity of their identity. People don't recognize them as having been made in the image. Who are we made in the image of? God. So if you and I are made in the image of God, if every human being we meet is made in the image of God, aren't they entitled to a bit of respect and dignity? Yes. But she got no respect. Your servant, this servant, sleep with him and get pregnant, we need a child here. Go on, get out there. Go on, go on. That's the way she was treated. Her heart was broken. Now, there's loads of other theology here I don't have time to go into. But she ran away and out in the desert, God spoke to her, and the first word out of the mouth of God was, Hagar. What's her name? Hagar. So God gave her the respect, the courtesy, and the identity that man didn't give her. And so this was Hagar's encounter in the midst of a blighted harvest that was going on in her life. But God told her to go back into it. And so for a number of years, she went back in. She gave birth to a son called Ishmael. And we're going to look at when Ishmael was 15 years of age. And at that stage, she had a son. But God had done a miracle with her mistress, Sarah. And she had a son called Isaac. And the story we're going to look at now, Isaac is about five or six. Ishmael is about 15. And there's a load of tension in the family because it was never God's will in the first place. 
And anyone in a love triangle or anything like that, it never works out. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter 21, saying hi to everyone up in the atrium with Charles up there as well. And again, hi to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and podcast people. So I pray that the word of God in Genesis 21 would feed us, would challenge us and would guide us. Not only for today and for next week, but for the season ahead of us. We pray in Jesus' name and God's people said. Amen. Amen. So here we have some of the verses from verse 10 to verse 20. If you want to get the full impact of what I'm talking about today, read the whole chapter yourself in your devotionals. I hope you read the Bible um, most days at home. Take five minutes and read Genesis 21 and you'll get the full impact of what I'm talking about. Here are some highlighted verses. Sarah said to Abraham, get rid of that slave girl and her son. Get rid of him. Out of the house, out of the camp. So Hagar and her son Ishmael left. Abraham gave them a skin of water and some food. And they wandered in the desert by Beersheba. But when the water ran out, they began to cry. Now, God heard the weeping. And he said, Hagar, what's the matter? Don't be afraid. I've heard the boy crying. Lift him up and take him by the hand. Then, God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water, and they began to drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up. And they lived in the desert, and he became an archer. You see, when we look at Sarah, who is listed as a woman of faith, we don't see, I don't see an awful lot of faith in her. There was a lot of theology going on where this was good, but on a human level, here we go again, get rid of that slave girl and her son, Sarah said to Abraham. Again, 15 years later, she is not addressing this human being by her name. It's not personal. It's not any way in a, in a, in a proper formation. It's get rid of that slave girl, that one over there in the corner, out she goes. And her son, he's not given a name. He wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for Sarah. She started it all. But you see, she was reminded of her mistake. I've grown up and I've known people who were mistakes. Mum and dad never planned them. They came at the wrong time. And it's like, one or other of the parents doesn't really want them in their lives because it reminds them of a mistake that in their heads they made. Employers sometimes can't stand an employee because they say, I made a mistake hiring that person. A teacher will go, why did that guy get into this class? He's a mistake, he doesn't want to see it. This just repeats on and on. You get it in extended families and in groups of friends and so on. Well here, Sarah is doing wrong. In one level it's right because there's something theological going on, but on a human level it's wrong. Now, some Bible commentators, allow me this for one minute, I'm just going to go a little bit into Bible commentators, and maybe that's not where you're at, but allow us a minute. 
some Bible commentators today, in commenting about this verse, and it's only come in, in the last few years, are suggesting that Ishmael, the 15-year-old, sexually was doing something to the child Isaac. And they say that Sarah's almost vicious response is because that happened. I don't agree with that. And for those of you who do read Bible commentaries, can I suggest why it's probably not true? On one level, I think while we needed to get a lot of correction in society about child abuse, at times it gets into paranoia today, and I think some of it comes from paranoia. But most of it comes from people are trying to airbrush Sarah. They're trying to wallpaper over Sarah's inhumanity to this girl. And they're trying to pretend that Sarah didn't make any mistake. Let me be very clear. I don't care how great a pastor or a preacher or a politician or a celebrity or a mum or a dad or a son or a daughter. Every human being makes mistakes. And we are better off taking it on the chin and going, hands up. I was rotten in that situation. I was wrong. I need to repent. But some people are trying to say, no, 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 Sarah was fine. It was probably abuse or something. Do you know what? They're twisting it. That's not what was there at all. Sarah just couldn't handle seeing Isaac and Ishmael together. And God was in this for another reason, but not for a human reason quite yet. So also, God went on to bless Ishmael. And when you read elsewhere what the Lord said about child abuse, about better for anyone who interferes with a child, for a stone to be hung around their neck and then being thrown off a height, um, you don't see that with Ishmael. So it's just crazy theology some people are coming up with. Sarah is wrong. And maybe there are some here today and you have been a victim of someone's prejudice because you had the wrong skin color, or you were the wrong gender, or you had the different personality, and you were just told, get out, we don't want you in our circle of friends. You're really not part of this family. You should never be in this church. You shouldn't be in this workplace. What are you doing studying this course? You're not able for this. You're not one of us. Sarah was the instigator of this. Now her husband Abraham really struggled because this was his son and he seems to have had a bit of a kinder disposition. But when Abraham prayed, God said, allow this to happen. It was happening for a greater purpose, even though humanly it was hurtful. And so we read that Abraham gave them a skin of water and some food. A skin was like a bladder. That's how they carried water back then. They didn't have cool water bottles like we have today. So it was like a bladder of an animal that was bleached and cleaned, and they would carry water in the desert. If you can see uh, here online, that's uh, a photograph of what it would have looked like. You see, Abraham gave them something to fill in for a while, because they were going out to the desert, and they had no place to go. In his kindness, he gave them water and food. He was concerned about them. And so we read that they wandered around the desert of Beersheba. Now, Beersheba today is a thriving city in southern Israel. It's in the Negev Desert. 
It was the home of um, David Ben-Gurion and a lot of guys who founded that state. But Beersheba is about the same population and size of Cork. So it's a big, thriving, well a relatively large, thriving city today. But back then, people thought it was just a desert. But yet the name of it, Be'ir Sheba. Be'ir in Hebrew means the well. Sheba is the well of the promise or the oath. So Hagar has a little water from man to help her on her journey. And she's wandering around an area that just looks like desert, but actually there's a well of promise in that desert. Hallelujah. But she doesn't see it yet. She doesn't see it yet. So Hagar is wandering around Beersheba. And all she can see is desert. And then, of course, and I wonder how many of us are in this place today, we're told when the water ran out. Whatever a man or a woman can do for you in a relationship, or maybe as your boss, your provider, you'd see him, or a teacher, or a career, or a bank account, whatever man can do to you, I promise you, it will run out. Abraham gave Hagar water, but it ran out. You see, a lot of people at the start of the pandemic, their bosses paid their salaries until the lockdown finished. Their bosses were like an Abraham. They gave them water. Like Abraham gave her a skin of water. It'll keep you going for a while. Or maybe the government topped it up. But now with other sections of society closing down again, the boss doesn't have the money to pay you. Or the government are wondering where they're going to get the money. It's like Abraham's water is running out. You tried to study online and you thought you were getting back into college or whatever and now it seems like it's closing down again. You thought you were getting somewhere in the job and now maybe you're going to lose it again. You thought your relationship that you were hoping to marry the girl, the guy, and now with all of this situation happening, it, you might lose it again. Whatever man will give you or will give me, it will run out. And I wonder how many of us today are looking at the tank it's almost empty. And we're uncomfortable. We're a bit afraid. Maybe a bit confused. Because the water runs out. The provision runs out. And all Hagar can see is her son who's going to begin to die. And maybe you're looking at a career or a relationship or a health issue that's going to die on you. She's looking at him about to die just sand everywhere. What does she do? I can't watch the boy die. She began to sob, to cry, to weep. This is a joyful place. Very often people come in here and weep quietly because life at home is not joyful. The bank account is not a joy to behold. The visit to the doctor doesn't give you an awful lot of joy. Maybe you're lonely, and that's not something to be joyful about. Maybe inside you're crying today, the God I know hears you. Would anyone say that? Yeah. He hears you. He hears us cry and sob. And Hagar comes to the end of herself, and here she is weeping 
As all of this is happening, you see disappointment, trauma, fear. It blinds us from seeing the possibility that God can do something in our lives. If we've been disappointed, if we've been traumatized, if we're afraid or confused, and merciful Lord, this woman was disappointed, traumatized, afraid and confused. She can't see anything. But all the time, the ear Sheba, the well of the promise was there. But she saw nothing. And then, into this situation, God does something. She almost lost her son after the blighted harvest of this weird relationship she was thrust into. And God had to do something. The water ran out. She's in the desert alone. What's going to happen? God happens. Hallelujah. God happens, hallelujah. You might go, God, God, God happens, hallelujah. Because when God happens, it all changes. The change begins in there in the heart and in the mind. And then it goes to the outside and it goes to relationships. I can bamboozle you with fact from so many studies over the millennia, over the decades of societies that have been transformed when the gospel of Jesus Christ crept in. Families that were for generations addicted to substances were set free. Families that owed money lenders so much money found themselves emerging out of debt because the gospel of Jesus Christ liberates men and women. Hallelujah. When God happens, something wonderful happens. And God breaks through this poor woman as she's weeping, as she's about to watch her son die. And he says, Hagar, see it's personal. It's you, dignified human being, Hagar. What's the matter? Now pause the truck there for a second. What's the matter? If you were here in August, you may have remembered, I was talking about Hagar being in the desert back then. God spoke to her in the desert back then. And now here she is years later, and it's like, Hagar, what about the last time you were in the desert? Don't you remember you, you saw God, and he heard you, and you gave him the name El Roy, the God who hears me? Hagar, what about that last experience? Why, why aren't you walking on the faith of what you had heard and experienced before? You know why? I'd say, Hagar, are you not having a deja vu moment here? You and I cannot live on yesterday's blessing. You can't. Oh, I had such a blessing. I remember God healing me in the hospital 14 years ago or whatever. Praise God. And it does build up our bank of faith. But you can't live on yesterday's blessing. Yesterday's experience with God will not carry you through the challenges of today. We need a new touch. We need a new encounter with the Lord. Not that he's different, but it's fresh. In the Bible, the manna that fell from heaven got rotten if it wasn't eaten that day. God had to send a fresh wave of manna so that they could eat again and be nourished again. And the Holy Spirit is saying, you need a fresh encounter with the living God so that your soul will be refreshed and strengthened again. Hallelujah. What's the matter? 
I'm not good at maths or sums. I never really was. But I love the maths in the Bible. Because we're told in the Bible that 365 times the word from God to people is don't be afraid. 365. How many days are there in the year? 365. So every day there's a fresh word for you and for me. For those of us here in the center, up in the atrium, watching in online, there's a fresh word for all of us. Don't be afraid. The people of God are called not to be afraid. All of the world can be afraid. All of the world can be panicking and anxious and popping pills and drinking mummy's little helper, the bottle of sherry hidden in the oven. I don't know. All of the world can be doing that. But the people of God have a well that we can drink from and it makes us courageous. Hallelujah. And it gives us a bit of sight to see beyond and over the problem. Don't be afraid. I have heard the boy lift him up and take his hand. So he's challenging Hagar as well. Rise up to the challenge, Hagar. Have a bit of courage here. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm undertaking for you. I'm intervening for you. And then we're told, God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Oh, praise the Lord. In the middle of the desert, when her son was about to die, God opened her eyes and saw a well of water. She had never seen it before. What are you not seeing in your life? You watching in? What are you blind to? Is it a person who really loves you and you're blind to? Is it a new opportunity where you think outside the box? The pandemic is closing down a door. Maybe God is opening a new door for you. You just don't see it. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's a relationship, a friendship. What are you blind to? Because Hagar was blind. So many times in my life, I've been blind. I prophesy that many people are praying for loved ones today, and God is saying, they are so close to the center of my will, but you can't see it, hallelujah. You can't see it, but God sees it. What are you not seeing? He opened her eyes. Remember, Mary Magdalene was traumatized and in a bit of a breakdown after what was going on. And there was Jesus, but she thought he was the gardener. It's only when he spoke to her and she heard him say her name, Mary. It's your name, you see. Elma, Rory, it's your name. It's your name, Marguerite. It's your name, Myra, Dennis, it's your name. And when she heard his name, she saw it was Jesus. How many of us are seeing gardeners and it's Jesus? How many of us are in a desert and there's a well, but we need God to open our eyes and to see the well and to see the provision of what God wants to do for us. A new door moving forward in our souls. Hallelujah. And so what did she do? She filled her skin or her jar with water and she gave her son a drink. When God moves on someone, it spills over, doesn't it? 
When you look at the fruitful wine uh, grapevines in the desert, when they were really fertile, they began to grow over the walled garden, and the bough with all the fruit grew outside the wall. Psalm 23 and many others say, when our cup has been filled, what, what happens after that? It begins to overflow. It overflows. So the people in our families or our friends or whatever it is, they begin to be touched. So Hagar is being blessed by God. He is providing a fresh touch, a new source of water. And when God opens up a well in your life, it will never run dry. Hallelujah. Man will let you down, but Jesus Christ will never let you down. The water that man or woman gives you will run out, but the water that the Lord gives us will never run out. Hallelujah. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me. Let us life abundantly. What can I say? Simon Cole is after me. He just has to make it drop it in on sound there in the message. <coughs> he never lets us down. And his well never runs dry. Hallelujah. And many of us are missing out. And I know you are. You've had a blighted harvest. And the pain and disappointment of the past is blinding you and me to what God can do in the future. Brothers and sisters, when we look at the life, and time is against me, when we look at the life of this woman and her son, even though there was loads of other theological things going on, we look at it another time. Yet God bless them. And out of the death of being ready to die, God was with that boy. Ishmael, him. God was with him. Yes, God was with him. As he grew up, and he became an archer. So significant, so symbolic. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to pray very simply here today. That for those of us, and this is all new, and maybe God has just been a distant cloud, you can discover the God who will give you sight and open your eyes to discover who he is. And I want to pray for everyone here, for those who want to. That God would open your eyes and my eyes, and we would see the well that will never run dry. There's a river that flows from the city of God, and it flows into our lives. Will you stand with me, brothers and sisters? The wellspring that Hagar experienced is available for us today, and how much more because we have Jesus today, and she didn't, but we have Jesus. We're going to sing that beautiful song. Julia's going to lead us in it. God bless you, Julia. God has blessed you with a beautiful voice. We're blessed to have you. This is a beautiful song about God calling us out on the waters. Let's just sing it for one minute. And then let's pray. Prepare your heart if you're ready to pray. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, you have an opportunity to do it now. If you want to see the blessing God has for you and you're blind to it, we pray he'll open your eyes. Julia. You call me out upon the waters, the great
I've watched you, says the living God. Yes, you. And you have felt like a tourist popping in here and there, taking a tiny sample and then running away in case you come to enjoy what you're sampling. And you've come and gone and you've parachuted in and out. And the one who loves you with a passion, the one who has a destiny and a future laid out before you would say to you today, don't be a tourist, be a follower. Open up your heart, open up your soul and your mind to all that your living God wants to do in your life. And as you leave the tourist life behind and you become one who will give their life for your God, I will give you back a life of abundance and I will care for you and I will bless you and I will heal you of that ancient wound that you've constantly tried to hide from others. Even now, my fingertips are poised, says the living God, to stroke and touch and caress your bleeding wound. And as I touch, my nail-pierced hands will bring healing Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. This is a path that is laid before you even today and the Lord would encourage you to take it. This is the word of the Holy Spirit for someone here today. Amen. Can we all close our eyes on stage and off stage? Let's give a bit of privacy. If you want to say to the living God, I don't see faces, all I see are shapes, so I won't even know, but I will see if a hand goes up in a moment. If you want to call on the Lord today and say that you want to follow him and not be a tourist, be a follower. God is almost challenging someone here. Maybe you're online, I'm not sure. But I know God is challenging someone. With every eye in the house closed, can you slip up a hand and then take it down again? That's all you have to do. Okay, I see your hand. And I see your hand. And I see your hand. And yours. Okay, I think we have four people who've lifted up their hands. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for those four people. But I'm asking that you be sincere just in your heart now. Call out to the Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your hand would reach into each of these four lives right now. Whatever the future, we pray healing. A healing touch from that ancient wound. Whether it goes back to childhood, in the DNA, in the family tree, you are the God who heals family trees. You are the God who heals broken hearts. You are the God who raises us from the dead. So I pray you would come into the souls of each of these four people. And that as they have faith in you and follow you, 
and choose you above all else, I pray you would meet with them and you would deliver them from all their fears. Would anyone say amen? amen? And we pray, God, your abundant mercy, your amazing grace, and your incredible love would be poured out into their lives from this moment forward and forevermore. Be with them as they follow you in the name of Jesus and the people of God said. Amen. Can we give these four people a round of applause? Take a lot of courage to admit that to the Lord and to themselves. Now the big prayer here is, what are you not seeing in your life? If you want to pray, God open my eyes, whether it's study, work, relationships, my spiritual life, my health, I don't know, but is there a well that is about to be shown to you? If you want to see it, maybe you don't, that's, I respect that, not everyone is at that place, but if you do, where you stand, can you lift your hand, just so we can see who we're, how many we're praying for. So there's hands going up all over the hall. I'm going to go further, <laughs> and I'm going to say, now maybe you're not able, but if you are able, this is a place where God is worshipped. If you're able, can we kneel down and kneel before the Lord as we say this prayer in humility that he would open up our eyes and that we would see. If you're watching at home, you might be just sitting in your sofa, but there's nothing stopping you kneeling down as well. In the, let's lift our hands up as well. Father, some of us are in a desert, some of us have someone we love and they're close to death. Maybe it's emotional death, mental death, spiritual death, physical death. Oh God, we're all in a different situation, but we pray now to the Holy Spirit, to our Savior, through the Holy Spirit. In your name, Jesus, we ask you, would you open our eyes and help us to see the well of promise that you want us to see. I pray, oh God, we would move forward from the water of man and we would look to the water of heaven that will never run dry. Oh God, show us where we are to go, what we are to see and what we are to do. If you want to pray, I'm going to ask you, would you put one of your fingers over your eyes? Maybe just touch an eye. Lord, our eyes are blind through disappointment or fear or confusion. But we pray that you would open our eyes and we would see the provision, the encounter, the experience that you have awaiting for us. We pray like Hagar, we would see it and we would drink from it and we would give others a drink. So now we pray that a fresh blessing, a new anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon every man and woman in this hall, up in the atrium, watching online or listening, let a new thing happen and help us to drink deep of the well of salvation that is available for us. Oh, Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves to you and we pray not only the week ahead, but the whole season ahead when everyone around us is confused and terrified. May we walk with courage and calmness because
because we can see the water that will never run dry. You are the God who protects. You are the God who blesses. And you are the God who gives sight to us even when we're blind. This is our prayer. Be with us, O oh God. And may tonight, today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day it is, let our eyes be fully opened at home, at work, in the doctors, looking at the bank account, whatever it is, open our eyes that we can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We pray in Jesus' name and the people of God for the last time said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand again, brothers and sisters, and let's sing this song. Let's sing the chorus, sorry, the verse in the chorus before we go out to maybe have coffee downstairs. Let's sing it as a prayer. He calls us out. Julia, lead us.
Amen. God bless you brothers, God bless you sisters, God bless and thank everyone online. We're going to go down to the Courtyard Cafe. Can I remind everyone, keep your social distance. Can we start with people in the front row? Remember, we have a one-way system.